I'm Mona Lisa, and you're listening to the Being Transformed podcast, where we discuss all things friendship, love, and Christianity. If you're looking to be not only a believer, but a follower of Jesus Christ, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the fam! Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Being Transformed podcast. As always, I'm so happy that you're here with me. I feel like I say that every single week, but I really am just happy about it every single week. I just think it's so cool that there's so many people that, you know, want to grow closer to God, want to figure out ways in their life that they need to improve or even just learn about from somebody other than themselves. I know that every time I have a guest on here, I just, I learn so much from them. And, you know, you think that you have it all figured out and then you realize, oh, I have so much to learn. So I just want to thank all of you for being here with me today. Um, It means a lot. You could listen to any podcast, and I just want to thank you so much for supporting me and growing with me. So, without further ado, I want to get into something today that I'm really passionate about, that God's really been teaching me just this past year, and that is that character is so much greater than comfortability. God does not call us to be comfortable in this life. What he calls us to is a life full of character. We all have our things. We all have um, those moments in our life where we have made poor choices, where we have made good choices. And something that my dad always tells me is that it's what we do with our mistakes that matter. So if we make a mistake and we continue to make those mistakes and walk in that sin, that does not show good character. If we make a mistake and then choose to correct it or choose to confess, depending on the situation, that shows great character because it takes a certain level of humility to be able to do that. And I think that is where that uncomfortability comes in. It's really easy for us to live a life of comfortability, especially in the United States. You know, I've talked about it a little bit before, but we live in such a cush society. We have water whenever we want it. We have food whenever we want it. We have grocery stores probably within a mile of our house at the very least. I know back when I lived in New Mexico, I was probably five minutes from anything I could ever need. A gas station, a grocery store. I was homeschooled, so didn't have to go anywhere for school. Target was five minutes away. Whole Foods was five minutes away. And, you know, as a teenager, I didn't necessarily do the shopping all the time, but it was there if I needed it. So it's really easy to just say, oh, I can just live in this life of comfortability, which it's incredible that we have so much comfortability that we don't have to worry about where we're getting our food every day or our water and that we can just go to a movie whenever we want. We can go to the store whenever we want, hang out with friends whenever we want. But when you get into this rut of just being able to do whatever it is that your heart desires at any given moment, then we kind of lose sight for our need for the Lord. And when we do that, then we lose sight of our character. In James, it talks about how the testing of our faith produces steadfastness. So what do you think is produced then if we're not producing steadfastness? Like the opposite of testing of your faith, that would be, well, not being tested. And if you're never tested, how are you supposed to build on that? How are you supposed to gain fruit in your life? So what I really want to get into today is just that getting out of your comfortability pushing yourself towards a greater goal. Right now in my youth group at New Song Students, we're talking about having a bold calling for our lives, especially this year as, you know, a lot of us, are, we're still young, but um, me and there's a few other students that we're graduating this year and having that boldness inside of us is so important because it's really hard to go out and share the word when things are hard. It's really hard to do that if people don't like you. 
And we have to come to this new level of comfort where it's not comfortability with the things of the world, but comfortability with the things of God. That we have such a character that our comfort comes in the testing of our faith. It comes from the trials. It doesn't come from having somewhere to lay our head at night or having people who like us or people who pay attention to us or getting invited to certain things or going to parties. It cannot be in that. Our character needs to be shaped by our uncomfortability with the things of this world so that we can be comfortable with the things of the Lord. So just an easy example of this in my life is telling the truth. For a really, really, really long time, I struggled with lying. It was just a stronghold on me and I couldn't ever break free of it. And so it was really difficult. I would just lie about the smallest things It started when I was really little as kind of a coping mechanism. Um, I talked about this on another episode before, but I went through a lot when I was little. I had to go through the hospital and have surgeries. And as a four-year-old, you know, that's out of your control. And so how I coped with that is lying because if I could control the situation and make it seem like certain things were going on then it made me feel better about myself so like just a really stupid example of this is um when I was like nine I lied to all my friends that I had been recruited to be a spy kid I don't know if y'all ever watched spy kids but I loved it a little too much and told all my friends that I was a spy kid the point is that I lied to control the situation Just being completely honest with you, that was something that I really struggled with for a long time. And now when something goes wrong or if I make a mistake, I am learning to be very quick with correcting it and telling my parents the truth. And that is what has built character in me. It was comfortable to tell the lie because I knew that I wouldn't get in trouble. I knew that I would look a certain way, that I would feel more confident or more secure but the truth is that that was tearing down my character and who I really was and that could have ended up putting me in a lot of uncomfortable situations really where now people don't trust me. When we talk about leadership, who do you think of when you think of a leader? You think of somebody that probably has good character. You don't think of someone who lies to people or who manipulates or you know, who's cheated on their wife or their husband, you're going to think of people who have good moral standing. So if we want to be leaders, we have to be people of character. We have to be the people that stand up for what is right, even when everyone else kneels to what is wrong. It's uncomfortable, but it shows character. I think a very good example of this is school. For me, I go to a Christian school, so it's a little bit different, but it's probably just a little bit less harsh. It's still the same thought process of, you know, not wanting to be embarrassed or not wanting people to think that you're weird or bully you. But even in a Christian school, like I get bullied for what I believe about Jesus because, you know, I lived one way and now I'm living a different way. And sometimes people don't understand that. But that's the whole point, right? Like we want people to be like, whoa, what changed in you? So that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like don't be discouraged by that. If you're getting pushback, we've talked about this before, If you're getting pushback, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because if you don't look different from the world, you got to start questioning what's going on inside of you. If you don't look different from the world, you're probably not looking like Jesus. So when you're at school, sometimes you're going to get backlash. Sometimes you're going to get bullied because people look at you and they're like, why are you so different? Why are you like this? Why do you always talk about God? Just this week in Bible class, we had to write down 
three things that happened to us in the last four years that we consider to be good things or the best things. And I wrote down giving my life to Jesus because like I accepted him into my heart when I was four, but I really rededicated my life a few years ago. And I already knew when I had to share that. I was like, I think there's probably gonna be at least one or two people in here that's like, oh boy, here goes Annalisa talking about Jesus again. Like, can you shut up? We get it. But it was challenging and it was uncomfortable because I had to get out of my little box and be like, okay, no matter what someone might think of me, no matter if they think that that's a great thing or if they're annoyed by you talking about it again, like, I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna do it. And that sounds like such a small thing. But I think a lot of us struggle with that, like even just in the everyday little moments of like, these people might think about me differently. Am I okay with that? We have to come to this place where we're like, okay, this might not feel super comfortable in the moment, but I know that the testing of my faith produces steadfastness. I know that when I speak up and I stand for what's right, it's going to build character and it's going to show character. At the end of the day, I really think that it is an issue of pride. Pride's a funny word. It gets tossed around a lot, but that's where most of our problems come from. Like, why do we want more money? It's because in our flesh, that pride wants to be better. That pride wants to have more. You know, why do we want to be famous? Well, because we want people to recognize us. That's a pride issue. Why do we lie? It's to make ourselves look better. That's a pride issue. You know, pride pops up all the time in every place. I've said this before and I will say it till the day I die. If God laid down his life for you, the least that you can do is lay down your pride for him. I believe that with my entire heart and it's something that he really worked on me last year about and I've grown a lot in that. Whenever I start to feel insecure about being different from other people, as silly as it sounds, like it happens, I just remind myself of that. I'm like, okay, Jesus was beaten and put on a cross for my sin. For me, even if there was no one else, he still would have done it just for me. So if he laid down his life for me, like the least that I can do is lay down my pride for him and honor him with my life, honor him with my actions, with my body, literally like with anything, like I need to be honoring the Lord in this. God doesn't call us to be comfortable. In this day and age, we worry a lot about other people's feelings especially with some of the movements that are going on and I totally understand caring about people's feelings that is that is so good Jesus teaches us to do that but there is a point where we have to stop worrying about other people's don't hear what I'm not saying as coach Brooks would say but there is a point where the kingdom of God has to come before other people's feelings sometimes I'm not going to feel happy but I still have the joy of the Lord because he is greater than all of my problems. I'm just going to say it. Sometimes there's people who feel like they're a boy, even though they are a girl. There's facts, there's feelings, and what God says is facts. So if God says that homosexuality is wrong, then that means that even if you feel like you're a boy when you're a girl or you're a girl when you're a boy, you have to go back to that. You have to go back to the truth. I might feel some days that I am, you know, not pretty enough or not smart enough, but I know that the Bible tells me that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I might feel anger towards somebody. I might feel frustration, but what does God say about that person? God still says to love that person. God says to treat them as you would want to be treated. That's not necessarily a comfortable thing to do. It's not comfortable to swim upstream. That is really hard. But that is what shows character. That is what shows fruit in your life. That is what gets you into being transformed into the image of God. 
Jesus did not lead an easy life, especially in the culture in the day and age that they were in. Like, we think it's hard now. Think about back then. Sometimes I think back on when Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And, you know, there's so many sermons that I've heard preached about that. And, like, every time it's something different that they notice, it's something so good. But what I was thinking about it is just in regards to being uncomfortable and with the culture. Like, I'm sure that was not a comfortable thing for Jesus to do to wash these disciples' stinky feet. Like, feet are my thing that I absolutely hate. Like, I can't stand people's feet. Like, keep your shoes on. Don't touch me. It's bad. But, um, (laughs) like, Jesus got uncomfortable to show his character and to set an example of how our character should look because we're supposed to look like Jesus. We're called to look like him. Not to be perfect, but to look more like him, to be transformed into his image. In John 13, which is where I'm thinking of this from, in verse 11 it says, For he knew who was going to betray him, and that's why he said not everyone was clean. But guess what? He even washed Judas' feet. He says in verse 14, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. He's not calling us to be the ones who are comfortable sitting in the chair having someone wash our feet. He's calling us to get uncomfortable and build our character through doing the things that nobody else wants to do, but the things that are going to bless other people. There's so many people that need Jesus, guys, that just don't even realize it. There's so many people that say they're Christians that need Jesus and don't realize it. Are you going to be the person that shows them what character looks like? Are you going to be the person that when everybody else is kneeling for what's wrong, you're going to stand up for what's right? Are you going to be the person that gets up in front of your and proclaims Jesus no matter what kind of backlash you get? Are you ready for people to hate you for loving Jesus? Because that's where we're at. That's where we're going. And especially transitioning out of high school, especially if you're like me and you go to a Christian school, if you think that it's bad now, just wait. If you're going into college, you're going into the real world, it's going to get so much worse. And so you have to be prepared and you have to build your character now so that it will last and it will hold and it will stand and you can be steadfast in Christ for what is to come. There's a quote by Albert Einstein that I just thought was so interesting and it says, weakness of attitude becomes weakness of character. I thought this was so intriguing because it's true and I see it every day in school, in myself and in other people. Whenever we start to take on a bad attitude of not wanting to do something or not wanting to go somewhere or not wanting to help someone or love someone the way that Jesus calls us to, that really does show weakness of our character because our attitude is a reflection of our character. And in the same way, when we have good attitudes, even when everyone else is having bad attitudes, that's showing our character. Everywhere you go, someone has a perception of you. If I'm walking through the grocery store and I see a woman with two little kids and she looks stressed out and they're crying, what's my perception of her going to be? She's probably overwhelmed, she's probably tired, and she's probably very frustrated. In the same way, if I see someone and they're at school and they're complaining the whole day, they don't want to go to any of their classes, talking bad about their teachers, talking bad about other students, what does that say about their character? That's saying that there's someone who complains, who gossips, and we don't want to be people like that. So I was really challenged with this this week, just as I was preparing for this podcast, thinking about character and watching those around me and even myself and how I handle situations, because obviously I'm not perfect and I'm growing and this is just as much for me as it is for all of you guys. 
we need to be the people of character, even if it's not perfect, because our character is never going to be perfect. Like, we can't achieve perfection, we're human, but as we're growing into that, let's try to keep a mindset of gratitude and of servitude. They go hand in hand. Whenever we're grateful for what we've been given, it helps us to serve others who haven't been given the same opportunities. So what does Christian character look like? I think a good example of this is Galatians 5, 22 through 23, which is the fruits of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. New Song students had a really good message about the fruits of the spirits. Well, it was actually multiple messages um, in a series that we did a while back. So go listen to that podcast if you need something else to listen to because that is a great in-depth pursuit for basically what we're talking about today. Jesus also tells us in the Sermon on the Mount, though, like we need to be pure in heart. We need to be merciful. We need to be peacemakers. We need to, to serve. We need to have compassion. There's a good quote by R.C. Sproul. It says, When the Bible speaks of patience, particularly as one of the fruits of the Spirit and as one of the characteristics of love, it speaks of it as a virtue that goes far beyond the mere ability to await some future gain. It involves more than the rest or peace of the soul that trusts in God's perfect timing. The patience that is in view here focuses more on interpersonal relationships with other people. It is the patience of long-suffering and of forbearing in the midst of personal injury. This is the most difficult patience of all. I think patience is a very big character trait that goes into building character. First of all, just because building character takes time. If you're not patient with yourself, you're going to get frustrated because undoubtedly you will fall, you will mess up, you will make mistakes, you'll lose your temper with people, whatever it is. Like, we're not going to be perfect, we're not going to be great at it right away. So when you're building character, have patience with yourself, okay? It's okay to mess up, it's okay to fall short, just so long as you keep on taking it to God and fixing your eyes on Him and saying, Lord, here I am, whatever your plan is for my life, lead me in that and help me to walk in your ways and guide my paths. But patience is also important just to look for around us. One of the scariest prayers that you can pray is to ask the Lord for patience because he will 100% give it to you. But that is where the verse comes in that talks about the testing of your faith will produce steadfastness. God will definitely shake you up and test your faith if you ask him for patience. Every single time that I've ever asked the Lord for patience, he has given me some trials and some testy people that push my buttons. But that's good because it's grown me and it's helped me become a more patient person. I'm still working on it. I definitely still have room to grow, but that's definitely a quick working prayer if you're ever wondering about how to gain patience because the Lord works quickly with that one. There's a lot of things in our life that are going to test us though and help produce character. Whether it's the little moments where we're interacting with people or the bigger moments where there's things that we have opportunities to do that it's either going to prove good character or bad character. For example, cheating on a test. Sometimes there's opportunity and sometimes you choose the wrong thing and that's not building good character, it's also not showing good character. So that's something that definitely is an opportunity where the devil can use that and be careful if you do make the wrong decision that you don't let Satan get a stronghold there than to tell you that you can never make the right decision. Just got to be careful of speaking in definitives like that when you start to hear it because it's probably not from the Lord. 
you can't always do the wrong thing you can't always do the right thing so just be aware of that but definitely in situations like that be sure to be slow to make a decision obviously if you know what the right decision is like make it as quick as possible but if you're kind of having to think about it for a second I would say definitely go to the Lord in prayer. There's some things that we know are like right and wrong. And sometimes it's just a matter of having the strength to make the right decision. Because there can be opportunities put in front of us that, you know, might seem fun. Going to a party and drinking alcohol, that might seem fun. But, you know, if you don't know that you have like the self-control to say no to that, ask the Lord for strength. Maybe don't put yourself into that situation. Maybe don't go to that dance. Maybe don't go to that football game, like whatever it is. As a Christian, we do have to set ourselves apart from stuff like that and hold ourselves to a higher standard than the world does. So that's why the Bible tells us to be slow to respond, to be quick to listen. You know, everything points to carefully thinking through the decisions that we make so don't be rash when you're looking at a decision like that that's a big deal you know sin is a big deal it's not something that we should just be brushing under the rug god does forgive our sin but like my dad says like it's what we do with the mistakes that matter so if you're just going back into sin every single time that you do it you come to god you're like lord i am so sorry i know that i messed up be right back. I'm going to go do it again. That is not okay. (laughs) We've all been there. We've all made mistakes. We've all walked in sin, but let's get out of it right now. Let's start making those good choices. Let's start pointing ourselves towards the Lord. And when we make mistakes, make sure you have a good group of people or even just one person that you can go to and be like, hey, hold me accountable in this. I know I have a couple of friends and then I have my parents and some youth leaders that I'm like, I tell my stuff to and I'm like, hey, I'm struggling with this. Will you help to hold me accountable? Hey, will you pray for me? I'm feeling a little bit too easily influenced or, you know, whatever it is. Get people who will pray for you. Pray for your character. Pray for your patience. That they would be praying and interceding on your behalf because that's so, so important. A really big part of character is WWJD. I think most of us wear bracelets like that. Well, I shouldn't say most of us. I don't know who I was listening to this exactly, but I know for me anyways, I wear a WWJD bracelet every single day, at least one. I have probably 12 of them in a bunch of different colors, so if you ever need one. (laughs) It's important that we don't wear these just to wear them or just because it's a cultural thing. You know, a lot of people have started wearing cross necklaces, cross earrings. I watched an interview just the other day where they were asking people, oh, why do you wear that? Are you a Christian? They're like, it's more just decorative. I'm like, oh, okay, well, we could get into a whole other thing on that. Don't do that. If you're not a Christian, please do not wear a cross. It's very disrespectful. But back to the whole WWJD bracelet thing, I wear this not just to wear a bracelet. I wear it so that, first of all, if people ask me about it, I can tell them what it means and why I wear it, but also to remind myself. Like, I can look at that no matter where I am, what I'm doing, and think, what would Jesus do in this situation? It sounds cliche and cheesy, but that's really not. Like, that's what Christians should be doing, is asking themselves, what would Jesus do? And the Bible gives us a clear outline for what he would do. He would do the right thing. He would follow what the Lord has asked of him. So that's what we should strive for also. When we're trying to build our character, look to what God does. If you don't know what to do, look to the Bible. And that just goes back to, hey, get out of that cultural Christianity. Get out of that, you know, we wear WWJD bracelets because we're quote unquote Christian. No, wear it to remind yourself, what would Jesus do? Wear it to tell other people, what would Jesus do? And to be that example, to be that light. 
character takes time, character takes patience. I do not have perfect character, my parents don't have perfect character, my pastors don't have perfect character. None of us are going to be completely perfect and blameless because we are human. Our flesh wins a lot of times when it shouldn't, but God gives us strength, especially when thinking about wearing these WWJD bracelets. It can take me back so often to if God laid down his life for you, the least you can do is lay down your pride for him. What did Jesus do? Jesus died on the cross for me. Jesus washed other people's feet. He got into the uncomfortable places and showed his character through that. He set an example of character by doing the uncomfortable job. We need to break free from that cultural Christianity that tells us we don't have to get uncomfortable. That's the whole teaching of the prosperity gospel is like, hey, Let's live this cush life because God is going to bless us with money. And yeah, having money is great. And if you do have a lot of money, I hope that you're using it for the right things. There's nothing wrong with having money, but it's how you live your life. Are you living your life in a way that shows character? Or are you living your life in a way that shows living in a worldly state of comfortability? So the challenge for this week is don't let yourself stop being transformed into the image of God in the little moments. Don't discount those because those are the moments that are going to build your character. It's all the little moments combined. It's all of the little choices that add up to produce a big picture, you know, or all the little pieces in a puzzle add up to make this beautiful picture. And God can already see that picture. He already knows the potential that you have. Just start asking him to build your character and to give you strength while he's building your character. Because building character, it's going to be uncomfortable and it's not always going to be the nicest thing in the world and you might want to give up at times, but don't. Don't do it. Don't back down from talking about Jesus in school. Don't back down from sharing the gospel in the grocery store even. Like, praying for people. If you see your friend is having a hard day, even if they don't believe in Jesus, be like, hey, what's going on with you? Can I pray for you? In worship, don't back down from worshiping the Lord with all your heart just because you think the person next to you is going to judge you for it. If they're judging you, that's God's judgment for them. Like, that's not for you to deal with. That's not for you to worry about. Like, they're missing out on an incredible experience and time with the Lord. So don't don't worry about them. Just do your thing. Worship the Lord how you worship the Lord. My challenge for us these next two weeks especially, but just going on into the future as we're being transformed into the image of God is get uncomfortable for the Lord so that he can build your character. Because it's through uncomfortability that we see the most growth and that we stand out the most. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Being Transformed podcast, and I hope that you all have a great couple weeks, and we'll see you on a Thursday.